You're listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. For episode 56, we have Killian Carlson, guitarist of Northampton, Massachusetts-based band Mammaldap. The cinematic instrumental jazz rock quartet interweaves hypnotic beats with pumping bass, lush pads, and soaring hooks. They balance a deep love of nostalgic tones with a digital age sensibility evoking such artists as Daft Punk, Tycho, and Flying Lotus. Before the interview, I'm going to play a song from their 27 EP, Deep Field. This song is called Lake of Shining Waters.
So you guys tour a lot? We do. I mean, we have uh, a lot over the years. So, yeah, well, I guess yes would be the right answer. We're taking like a little bit of a not hitting the road super heavy right now moment. We're just kind of playing a bunch of festivals. Um, But we are going out to Wisconsin in August. So we'll kind of like do Chicago and um, Buffalo uh, on our way back. But there's like a festival out there that we're kind of trekking out to. So we're kind of just taking a little bit of time to work on new stuff um, and not tour quite as much as we normally do. So given the kind of music you guys do, is like performing it for you? Like is that the ultimate like mammal dap experience like that everybody jamming together in one place or is recording the thing that everybody's most drawn to or is it Um, different in each scenario? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think all sides of the thing, you know, I love recording. We all love recording. We all have, you know, ways and means of making music at home nowadays, um, which we all do. Uh, You know, our bassist, Reed, he has a studio, which is where we record the last one mostly. Um, We have kind of a feedback loop of, like, we'll, you know, have a new tune, we'll play it a lot, and then we'll kind of, like, record some sort of version of it, play it some more, and then, you know, eventually, like, make kind of the album version. And in that process, we'll often kind of add more to the skeleton of what was there, you know, and then we'll try to like see, okay, well, how can we bring this to the live show? So we have a lot of layers, especially with Colin has a lot of like, you know, samples and drum pads sort of stuff that he'll bring in. So we have like, even though we're like four people, there's like a lot of sound for, you know, but like, so the recording process kind of helps the live process get more full and like more crazy, you know. So, yeah, it's a good blend, you know, where we have stuff that's sort of more through composed that, you know, isn't necessarily about the jam moment. It's more about, like, the song. And then there, you know, I mean, I, we all love improvising, so there's lots of that, too, which, um, so, yeah, it's sort of it's sort of both, ultimately, I guess, but definitely um, we we take things a lot further out when we play live for sure so that that would be like the biggest difference you know there's things that we do live too in in the arrangements of songs that like aren't on the record versions you know too like that we've just added weird intros or like segues and because the music the compositions and also the arrangements are really involved like a lot more than uh some more kind of stereotypical jam music yeah like it doesn't (laughs) really sound like you just made it all together on the spot yeah no necessarily yeah um yeah i mean we all sort of have like a jazz background more than i mean i'm not really sure what background one has from from like a jam band but um you know those those live improvised moments like we're really good at following each other you know and like kind of creating those moments on the spot too so um you know that's definitely very enjoyable that we can like do that you know so it's like some uh, I mean, some of the songs that we have, you know, fragments are like, okay, we got together in a room and just somebody had an idea and we jammed on that and came came to something, you know. But um, so, but yes, there, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on for sure. And so you're on guitar. Yeah. And you said uh, Colin is on 
Collins on drums. Drums, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zach's on keyboard. And yeah, Reed. Reed's on bass. Bass, okay. So you got all the basses covered. Yeah, I mean, he plays synth bass too sometimes. Oh, nice. So he doubles that and he's got, you know, pedals and everything. And Zach has like three keyboards. <laughs> so it's like a lot. The keyboard whiz. Yeah, yeah. So. And how did you all form originally? Well, we were all kind of playing in different bands, like singer songwriter bands at the time. And, um, the original bassist, myself and um, Zach, we played in one band, and then Colin played another one. And we just kind of, the three of us together in that one band, I mean, like, I mean, you get to know each other as you do, you know, like, rehearsing and touring and everything. So, like, we had a lot of the same influences. Like, we'd go put on an album, we'd put on the same right. thing, we'd be into the same stuff, coming out, whatever. Um, so it just kind of naturally happened that we were like, well, let's get together and just jam, whatever. I think in that moment, too, like, I had just kind of, like, written a thing or two and had Zach come over and we just kind of, like, fleshed out some ideas before we went to jam either that happened or we played with the vocalist initially and just like played some covers i can't remember which one happened first but either way the first time we played together just we had that you know sort of great chemistry and this was in northampton yeah mm-hmm. so you'd all been in the the northampton scene for a while yeah for a little bit yeah i mean the that that band um jamie kent um was kind of like the second-ish band that I got in around here Mm -hmm. that was sort of, I don't know, I'd maybe been in the area for like two or three years or something like that at the most. And you came from uh, Berkeley? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was there for like four semesters. It was cool. (laughs) Is anybody else in the group from Berkeley? No. Um, Zach went to IU... Um, in Indiana. I don't think Reed went to college. <laughs> so you, you were the only uh, one who went to school for music. Oh uh, No, he did too. Zach did. Um, IU, there's like a really good music like uh, conservatory like within the, the co- or like the university. I, I think there's like a name for the college, but I don't know it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Colin went to school for music at um, Westfield State. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, your music does kind of sound like it's heavy on theory sometimes like you yeah. have to have a high degree of musicality yeah maybe so did your education kind of factor into how you make music now do you think like it uh, ended up having an influence yeah definitely um again i think me and zach you know we both have a that have a jazz background and where we studied jazz at school he has a good story of like a senior recital. They, you know, they weren't allowed to like play <laughs> originals, but he did anyway. And the faculty like got really upset or something. Jazz, um, yeah. But his his album's really great. His jazz, just like straight ahead jazz record. Um, you know, and then uh, I actually was going to like a performing arts high school in Stockholm before I went Stockholm, to Sweden. Yes, because um, I'm half Swedish, so. That happened along the way, and um, I always sort of been into jazz, but then, like, that really, you know, just being around people who could really play amazingly kind of 
planted the seed of of being interested in that stuff. So um, it, we we know a lot of stuff <clears throat> about music. Um, we try not to be like so heady that it's inaccessible. I guess right. You still you try know? to make it fun. Yeah, I mean, it's like I like loud music. You know, it's like I like Prince just as much as like Miles um, or whatever. There's sort of the uh, there can be like an academic kind of uh, uptightness with jazz that, you know, I mean, not the best stuff, I don't think, but the, just like the education um, system is very odd. A lot of dogma. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's just sort of like... You guys do a pretty good job of breaking away from that. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like we're not afraid to like have a chorus or like a hooky melody, you know, yeah, that's use not... Use a bunch of synthesizers and... Yeah, yeah, it's not all crazy, but it's like we do have... It's kind of like our... At least for me, it's like a... I like to hear more, I don't know, just like different harmony, you know, than just basic chord progressions and stuff. It's like, I mean, there's so many ways you can... Uh, meander around um, keys and different harmonic ideas and it's just like kind of it's just like you've got more flavors so you may as well you know cook with it yeah yeah <laughs> so is that kind of the mission of Mameldap when you more formally kind of started doing what you do now was it you know, <coughs> take from this influence take from that influence but you don't want to go too far in this or that direction like this is a kind of conversation you had or just you went with the music that you ended up just naturally jamming on anyway yeah i think we i think we went sort of naturally it's funny i mean our our ep the very first thing we did was very maybe a little less poppy even even then i mean if you can use that term for what we do then like now we sort of started with like a little bit more of like a hip-hop sort of beat tape aesthetic mm -hmm. i think and it's odd because that sound became very popular around the time we were doing that. So when was this? So I'd have to look. Uh, 2012 or so. Okay. So Flying Lotus was getting a lot more. Yeah, popular. I mean the the you know we we all love Flying Lotus. We all love you know like Jay Dilla. We all love you know Mad Lib and all this stuff. And and have you heard of the band Hiatus Coyote? A little bit. Yeah, they have a very they're hip-hop influenced yeah they're big and they, you know they and they were becoming popular i mean not as popular as they are now but like that first thing they put out was like kind of just starting to come out and actually uh so we were all at south by southwest in austin for like their first u.s couple u.s shows so like ah. colin saw their first little you know 30 minute wow. set and I saw their, like, second or third one. I, I went to two of their sets there. Um, and, it, you know, there was nobody there. It was, like, 20 people, you know, whatever. It's the early people. days, yeah. Um, and so it's kind of just funny because, like, I've at least always been very sort of wanting to not do what everybody else is doing. And I don't know if it happened, like, consciously or subconsciously, but we had a lot more of sort of that aesthetic initially. And then we kind of just went a little bit of a different direction went a little spacier yeah or something yeah um yeah because would you call Mameldap uh dance music or what's the response that you want to elicit from the listener 
Well, it will depend on the song, maybe. Yeah, it depends on the tunes. I think they're all danceable for sure. Um, You know, we've played in so many different settings, but um, that continues to be an interesting question because it's sort of like it can just depend on, you know, what the venue's like. Uh, You know, it's like we've had audiences just like sit down and watch us and not really scratch their beards. Yeah. Well, or, or they've sat down and really enjoyed it, but they've been very like a jazz intensely, like sort of engaged thing. Maybe they're just lightly bobbing their head a little bit. Yeah. Whereas we've had also just like people jumping up and down. So it's sort of like we both, (laughs) both things happen. Both are cool. I, I guess I would, you know, can't prefer people to just get up and, and have a good time. But, yeah, again, it's just, like, sort of an odd, uh, eclectic blend of, like, heady and accessible. So sometimes people, I I perceive that they don't really know, kind of, like, should I just watch this or should I, like, <laughs> should I dance? What should I do? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's all good. Every You know, whatever people want to kind of get from it, I think, is cool with me anyway. Yeah, it's kind of... It can go a lot of different directions with instrumental music. Yeah. Especially yeah. what mood you're trying to, to create. But it's good that you guys are flexible. Yeah, and, well, you got to be. Yeah. So you've toured quite a bit, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Been a few different festivals. Is uh, What's the longest stretch that you've all done? From our experience in the past, uh, we kind of have done our best to just like route sort of efficient tours yeah as opposed to like really long don't let him meander yeah so we'll i mean like no more than three weeks at a time and say but you know it's like we'll go out let's say to sort of the midwest and then down you know to like texas and through new orleans and up sort of a big loop but um usually we kind of more we'll do like four or five shows and just kind of like break those apart instead it makes a little more sense but where do you get the uh, the most exciting crowds? Um, the best audiences. That's a good question. I I mean I guess here probably at home still. Oh, so so in uh, Western Massachusetts. Yeah, but I don't know. We've got kind of like good stuff happening in Boston and and New York. The the last sort of gigs we did there were, was a was a Beck tribute show. Uh, run oh uh so we did a bunch of like sort of uh, i mean colin's a huge beck guy yeah, we, yeah. we have sort of a history of doing like tribute shows of this and that over the years you know we've done prince we've done michael jackson we've done herbie hancock we've done you know so beck is a little more a, sort of a different thing but um those were those were really good in 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 those those spots um but yeah, I don't know. I would say probably those are the are the top. It's kind of like Boston, New York, and here. And we randomly have like some some fans in Columbus because we hooked up with a band that really kind of we gel well with. So yeah. um, <laughs> we're we're going back to Ohio nice. uh, on our way to Wisconsin next time. Link up with them, and um, yeah, it's kind of cool out there too. So would you say the the music scene or just the the vibe here in particular, the Pioneer Valley, Western Massachusetts, would you say it's pretty unique? I mean, you grew up partially in Stockholm yeah. and you were or Berkeley and then so how'd you end up in uh in Northampton in particular? 
Um, well, I got, <clears throat> I had a good friend of mine living out here, and I just kind of needed to get out of school and just kind of uh, start doing the thing out in the real world, I guess. Um, get out of the Berkeley universe. Yeah. Um, I was young. I needed to get some more. I needed to get my act together, basically. Um, so I kind of got out here to sort of be a little bit of a hermit and get my act together and just work more musically on stuff. You know, it's kind of like when I got to Berkeley, I was already so full of stuff that uh, I just needed time to like practice and yeah. and work on making music. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny being over there by my senior year, like it was basically all music in high school, which was amazing. Um, and then I got to Berkeley and I sort of was expecting the same thing, but you know, it's like they make you take gen eds and all this stuff. It's like very American. You get the of. American college system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just funny because I wasn't, I never really grew up. Nobody ever said like, you're going to be doing English again, you know, in college. <laughs> it's like, I, well, I went to music school, so. So, you know, I had some really amazing teachers and then, uh, you know, some that I kind of didn't enjoy that much. But um, I uh, I just needed time to kind of like play, you know, yeah. really. It's easy to overload on the education and the preparation side of things. Yeah, you know, well, I mean. Sometimes you just need to yeah. you know, get up there on stage. or Yeah, there's more information is not necessarily the answer to becoming a better musician it's like how long can i i mean you're learning a language you know it's you got to build on something if somebody just keeps giving you more vocabulary and you don't even but you know you don't have the chance to have everyday conversation <laughs> yeah that like, it's what, kinda, what am i learning this for yeah, yeah so yeah a lot of that um for sure but yeah, so a buddy of mine was living out here and I visited him while I was there and I was surprised to see how much good music was coming to town at the time. Not quite as much the last few years, but um, but it's all good. I mean, it's kind of funny, you know, now things have moved forward so fast. It's like, I mean, I play in New York every like couple months wow. or so. It's pretty close, and it it's is, way cheaper yeah. than living in New York, <laughs> yeah. Um, as it is Boston. So we're in a good place as far as like it's way cheaper, and it's easy to travel, and you know, uh, pros and cons. I can't imagine being a. I probably said this before, being a band on the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The next town over being hundreds of miles. Yeah. Yeah. No fun. It's far. Yeah, this is a pretty unique little area and very convenient for that sort of thing. Yeah, like. yeah, totally. And so you got those festival dates coming up. Yeah, we do, yeah. And uh, what else is in the works for, for 2018? Um, well, we've started to sort of slowly work on our new album. I guess it'll be an album. That's kind of the main focus, I guess, as far as like what we're doing, aside from just playing these festivals it's um all the good things that have happened to us as a band have happened sort of organically yeah you know? and like right now the industry is in such a weird place it's like you can put a lot of time and energy into promoting and just trying to be a successful music business you know and um and that's a lot of hard work you know 
but uh, to say the least. Yeah, so it's sort of like right now we're kind of just. I think we're maybe realizing that you know we just need to kind of like. I mean, obviously we have to keep working on that stuff, but just like kind of focus on <clears throat> enjoying the moment and the festivals we've got. Yeah, yeah. And then just like make the new music we've got to make. Um, so that's in store. I mean, we've also, we're, we're constantly like collaborating with other people, which is kind of like, it's amazing. And it's also like, it will sort of take a lot of time and a yeah. lot of work, you know, because um, we are a really good band we can play a lot of different styles and like back people up so a lot of people you know i mean over the we've all recorded on people's records and um you know people will sort of hire us as a unit you know and you you might not know that it's us per se because we're playing someone else's stuff in their style um so you know we've we've done that a bunch um we just recently did like pretty much a straight up like jazz thing uh with a great dude Matali Banda he, you know and we're most of us are on his album oh. um and we uh we just finished the other day recording um a single not a single uh some like bonus stuff for like uh we just did a little sort of mini tour with the singer Garth is his name you can find him everywhere uh, Human Nature is his EP. He's coming out with, uh, you know, sort of a Japanese edition, if you will, which is really cool. And he wanted us to. We've played with his old band back in the day, and he's always loved us. And he sang like some of the Prince and Michael Jackson tribute okay. stuff that we've done. Yeah, yeah. So like now that he's doing his solo thing, he's he wanted us to play with him live, which we did. It was great. And now he's like, oh, so I'm putting out this Japanese thing. Uh, you guys want to reimagine a few of these songs for the right, bonus, right. Um, you know, for the the album. So we've been doing that. So you know, it's like we're always doing. Yeah. So lots <laughs> of opportunities to collaborate with other talented people. Yeah. And it becomes a a matter of dedicating the time and creative energy for the the next main project. How to. Yeah. Yeah. How to parcel all that out. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I mean, it's cool because uh, you know you guys just kind of take it by. Um, uh, take it as it comes. Yeah, t- yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's kind of like uh, I mean, fingers crossed. We go to Japan with him because it's you know going to be in Tower Records and whatnot. And, yeah. Um, you know they're putting it on the radio, so it's kind of like we'll we'll be backing him as Mammaldab, quote unquote. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sweet. So, last question: uh, Why are you called Mammaldab? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, to spring on you at the end. Yeah. Um. We band names are funny. I'm sure everybody knows that. It's like, where does it come from? It came kind of out of the sky. It also came uh, from looking at some of our influences and wanting to like have a name that wasn't like a one word thing, but also like a kind of like uh, had like an action um, image, you know. And I don't know, we were just shooting a bunch of ideas around forever and then just kind of hanging out and eating Chinese food, as you do as a band. <laughs> and uh, there it was, and we were like, all right, that, that's got a nice nice vibe to it. Um, it. You know, it's 
for me, a lot of things have a super deep, intense, kind of like heady meaning, but yeah. the, the band name itself does not. Does not. <laughs> it's just a cool sound. Yeah. All right. I was wondering if there was any uh, connection to Spinal Tap. Ah, no. I'll, although maybe I should say that there is and, you know, keep the people guessing. <laughs> yeah, it's a story for another day. All right, Killian, thank you so much for, yeah, for coming thank over. Thank you, Thomas. Good yeah. talk. That was Killian Carlson. Nice little chat we had. He unfortunately had to run to his next commitment, but I'm sure we could have talked a lot longer otherwise. Very cool, talented guitarist. Very funky band he's got going on. Glad I was able to have him on. If you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion, please subscribe to it on iTunes and leave a review there as well. And if you use Spotify, you can follow the Talking About the Passion Spotify playlist to hear a big collection of tunes from artists who've been featured here in the past. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Eating Peaches off my 2017 album Eating Peaches. I'm going to wrap up today by playing you another Mammal Dap song. This is called Starbirth. So dig into that, and I'll be back in a couple weeks.